739 at DWS. Dave Gentry with you. Elizabeth's back on Thursday. State Senator Scott Bennett joins me this morning. Scott, how are you? Good morning, Dave. Doing great. Glad to have you with us. We were talking about pre-retirement activities a little bit ago. I bought a boat here a while back. I'm trying to get it ready to go here. Well, of course, Illinois being one of the few states without a retirement tax, I'm hoping that continues. So I hope you'll you'll stay. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the few ways we, re, we we stack up very well with our with our competing states. Yeah, that is true, isn't it? What's uh, <laughs> what's happening with the uh, budget so far? You you proposed several things for us. Uh, we got uh, everything done. Tell us a little bit about where we are and uh, where we're headed. Sure. Well, that. you know, I think the the very positive thing that came out of the um, the the budget discussions this spring, as opposed to the last few years, um, was it kind of took the power away from those in the you know elected leaders. So, example, the the speaker, the governor, the the Senate president. You had rank and file people working together from both sides and saying, "This is ridiculous. There's no way we can go through this again." Um, and and so you saw what I think came out was a, a compromise budget where nobody felt like hey, this is the, the best thing. We got everything we wanted, um, but we did recognize that it did what we needed it to do. Here locally, um, higher education, our community colleges and universities did very well. Um, our local schools, K-12, did very well. Um, and so, you know, you recognize, all right, that's a good place to start. We need to make sure the next generation is is prepared for, and, and then we have to start working away at the long, festering problems we've had in the state, whether it be the, the, <laughs> the pensions or uh, the roads or you name it. We've got many challenges, but... Um, I think the main thing was we at least have to sit down and agree that you're not going to get everything you want in one year's budget. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Legislation passed, too. I know you uh, uh, sponsored House Joint Resolution 21 that designated that overpass up at near Paxton. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that and what that was all about. Well, that was, again, that another bipartisan bill. It was an a sp- initiative of my uncle Tom Bennett uh, from Gibson City, a Republican uh, House member from there. This was something that is, and I'm from Ford County, um, uh, unbelievable um, event that happened in the late 70s where you had uh, what started out as a, a rather routine roadside stop. Uh, and when the um, officer went up to the car, it, it turned out to be, um, a, I think, two, three brothers uh, from uh, on the way to Mississippi who had committed a crime of some kind. Uh, they begin a shootout. More police are called to the scene. And ultimately, several police officers are shot and killed. Others are wounded. Um, I mean, obviously, a very you know, in a in a in a county with so few law enforcement, you know, one or two are on duty at any point, especially in the late '70s. That was just an unbelievable event in which the families are still there and, and still um, really suffering about. So um, this was just a small thing you could do to kind of show, hey, you know, we haven't forgotten. This is still on our minds, and also to recognize um, the the value of what law enforcement does and the danger they face each and every traffic stop that might seem like a taillight might turn into something much, uh, much worse if they're not vigilant and aware. Um, so what we did was, you know, dedicate that, that stretch of the overpass, uh, to their memories. Um, and I'm, I was very proud to, uh, to help get that through on the Senate side. Okay. And you announced a, a $1.6 million grant for a bicycle and pedestrian path in Danville. Tell us a little bit about that. So this is one of those issues where people go, you know, a lot of times I'll get calls and, and they'll say, well, I don't know why we're using, uh, you know, certain tax dollars for this or that. What I can tell you is this is something I didn't truly appreciate till I had, you know, a, a position in the legislature either. 
is dealing with the park districts, dealing with the tourism offices, finding out how important it is to offer those kind of things to your constituents, particularly if you do it for a relatively small amount, and that seems like a lot of money, I, I grant you. But 1. compared, 6 it is. Yeah. I mean, I, that would change our lives, certainly, but when you talk about individuals, but when you think about, you know, when a lot of people, sometimes people come to me and they say, we want high-speed rail, which is a great idea, but it's got a B, you know, billion uh, uh, in front of it. And so that's hard to find. But, you know, in an area like Danville, which certainly needs, you know, it's got a lot of uh, natural beauty, uh, but right now, you know, needs a little bit of assistance with the tourism side. Um, this is the kind of thing that, you know, whether it's the rail to trail, the bike trail between uh, Urbana and, and Kickapoo over there or around um, uh, the lake over there in Danville, you're, you're encouraging people to come and, more importantly, spend their money while they're there. And so ultimately, I think that'll be some an investment that they get back many fold over uh, in tax returns. Now, this is going to construct sidewalks, add bicycle lanes, and improve lighting along Denmark Road, coinciding with sanitary improvements there and on Old Ottawa Road. What's, what's so, that about? So, I mean, this is, so this is on, I suppose that'd be the uh, northwest side of, of Danville, a beautiful, beautiful area. But it hasn't. There hasn't been much done on, in the way of infrastructure. So you've got kind of a two-lane road, um, not that well maintained. You would not want to ride your bike on the side of it yeah. as you're driving. There's, you know, it's curvy. You've got uh, deer that, that come out. Um, so I think the idea is right now you have a few people who own houses on the lake. Uh, they certainly enjoy the, the the unbelievable natural beauty of that area. But you know, if you're living in the middle of Danville, and you know, you you would have no way to know this, this unbelievably beautiful area is just a, a couple miles away, um, and and so this would give a chance to anybody, regardless of your income, get on a bike, get your tennis shoes on, uh, and get out there and walk around it, and uh, and I think you'll what you'll ultimately see is um, a lot of people will come from all over. We're finding this with Kickapoo, it's becoming uh, the Kickapoo State Park over there in, in the Oakwood area. Um, is become a huge bike destination. People come from all over the state because they like to ride the trails. Now that's that's pretty wild. I know there's a large percentage of people here in town who ride bikes. I do a little, but not like these folks do. And we're yeah. talking about doing this huge trail from Urbana to Danville, which is what two thirds of the way, maybe a third of the way done at yes. this point. And, and that's another one that's incredible. You know, you're seeing uh, very nice restaurants popping up in in uh, St. Joe. Uh, and as the the trail continues on, you, I think you're going to see more of that in towns that right now don't don't you know don't have the the traffic to justify restaurants, shops, things like that. Um, but I was talking to a, a a friend of mine where they've built one of these rail trails up in the south suburbs, and he was telling me all the businesses along that are moving their entrances the other side because they realize really? you have to have a door on the trail if you want to attract that business. People want to stop by for ice cream or or, or drink or whatever. Um, but it's really huge business uh, in these areas, and I think it's a real uh, real community changer in the process. Is that going to affect some of these small towns between here and Danville? I think know? in a positive way it will. I mean, anytime you're, you've got new businesses coming in, that means there's a little bit of relief on the tax base. Plus, you know, if you're from – I'm from one of these small towns. If you have a new restaurant open up, you don't have to drive all the way to Champaign to, to go out to eat or to, mm -hmm. to, to, to take your family out. That's a real positive thing. So – you know, maybe a town's too small to, to support it by itself, but not when you add all this uh, bike traffic. And that's kind of an exciting thing uh, in a time when we need more jobs and more uh, more money coming in to relieve us in taxes. State Senator Scott Bennett, you've uh, done a good job of taking care of the local folks. And I know you don't want to offend anybody, but by the same token, uh -oh. Sam McCann <laughs> says he's running for governor today. What? 
Who, what's the game plan behind this? And found sixty five thousand people to sign petitions. So that's a lot. I can't. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I I've done the petition game, that, but that's unbelievable how many signatures that is. Um, it'll be really interesting to see. Sam's an interesting guy, and it'll be interesting to see who this helps. The conventional wisdom is, oh, this is the Democrats trying to draw votes away from Governor Rauner. Honestly, the conventional wisdom in years past is the more opponents you have, the better it is for the incumbent. Because, you you know, if you're against the, the incumbent, now you've got a bunch of people to choose from. You water down your votes. Yeah. The simple fact is I don't think anybody's smart enough to know how this will play out. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, he, we'll see if he remains on the ballot. That's a lot of signatures to challenge, uh, to be sure. But um, as I said, Sam, Sam McCann is his own person, is a, is a person of some very strong faith. I imagine that. He's really upset at some of the decisions that the governor's made this year on, on many different fronts. and This is all we'll over the abortion vote, isn't it? It's largely that, and that is one of those things. I mean, certainly uh, Senator McCann and, and the governor have had disagreements before, um, but if you knew Sam McCann, there is no doubt in his mind. There's no wiggle room, as is true with many you know, pro-life advocates sure. and evangelicals. There's no wiggle room on this issue. Um, so I, I think when the governor made that vote in HB 40, where you're you know kind of using tax money for, for uh, certain abortions, um, there was just no way he was not going to um, put up some opposition. And, and we'll see how that ultimately plays out. Well, this leads me to think he's going to pull more votes from the governor than he is from the Democratic opponent. But here's what's interesting. I've had this discussion from my, some of my downstate Democrat uh, uh -huh. colleagues in the House and others. They've said, you know, right now there weren't evangelicals and strong conservatives had no reason to go to the polls. But now they've got some. They might go to vote for Sam McCann, but they might also vote for that Republican state senator, state representative mm. candidate. So we'll see if that has an effect kind of down the ticket as well. All right. State Senator Scott Bennett. Scott, thanks for your time this morning. We Always enjoy it. it. Thank you.